If you watched daytime TV in the 90s, you know this chant, and you didn't have to watch the Jerry Springer show to know his topics. Some called it tabloid TV. Jerry called it a circus. For more than 25 years, chairs flew alongside salacious accusations on the show. Who was the baby's daddy? Who cheated on who? And why did a man marry a horse? Jerry said he was only reflecting what was already out there in society. He didn't see that his more than 4,000 episodes had any effect on people. Last week, Jerry died at age 79 from pancreatic cancer. I find it interesting that his Jewish parents fled Nazi Germany. He was born in London, but grew up in New York, later Ohio. Surely his self-proclaimed escapism TV was not the escape his parents dreamed for him. But the Bible teaches us what we should watch. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Welcome to Haven Today here on Monday, May 1st. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're starting a new series today called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. By now, I'm sure most of you listening have heard of the successful TV series called The Chosen. It's one of those series that Philippians 4.8 would approve of. It is excellent and praiseworthy. With nearly half a billion viewers over its three seasons, this independent production caught Hollywood by surprise. Each season has been crowdsourced by fans raising tens of millions of dollars so it can be the best production possible. And its goal to bring the message of Christ to the world. On this program today, we're going to meet up with the creator of The Chosen. Dallas Jenkins made a short film for his church in 2017 from the perspective of a shepherd the day Christ was born. And it was that film that gave Dallas the idea to create a series that allows us to see Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him. When you see a movie, oftentimes Jesus is the main character and you're not really able to connect with the people around him. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for season one of of what turned out to be The Chosen. Dallas Jenkins will be back with me in a few minutes with a full interview to share some insights about why he created The Chosen. And then after the program, I want to send you all three seasons of The Chosen for your minimum gift to support Haven Today. It's shipping out this Friday from our warehouse, but get your order in today. As you watch this well-produced yet faithful to the scriptures series, you'll often find your own story in the lives of those who are around Jesus. I think you'll be moved with gratitude that he's called you his own. After the program, I invite you to visit our website, Watch some clips from The Chosen. Take a look at the video I shot with Dallas. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new season three, we have that for your gift as well. Now let's open this Haven Today with Travis Cottrell. If I could see 2,000 years ago Travel back in time And walk in the day when Just one man turned this world upside down If I could be a guest at the wedding And taste 
twine That was water moments before Would I realize what was really in store That there would be so much more Would I fall down and worship Leave all that I treasure for a chance to be closer to the man who might be the one who saves my Stumbles out of the tomb Witness, blind and see The first morning sky But I believe what he says to be true If I was there the night soldiers took him away Would I flee the scene like most of his friends Then watch on the cross what I thought was the end What would I that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and whomever murders will be liable to judgment but I say to you everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. <laughs> Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, 
what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I'm sure you recognize the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, and that was a scene from the first episode of Season 3 of The Chosen. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and just before that we heard Travis Cottrell in his song, 2,000 Years. And now, I want you to hear the interview I did with the creator of the Chosen TV series back in 2020. Dallas Jenkins was on location shooting the second season of the series, and he took some time away from the set to speak with me. Dallas, welcome again to Haven Today. Thanks so much for having me on, Charles. I appreciate it. So in a nutshell, could you tell us how did the idea of the Chosen come about and it goes back Christmas, what, five years ago, six years ago? When? Uh, not that, not quite that long ago, but, uh, but yeah, back in 2017, actually, so about three years ago, I did a short film from my church's Christmas Eve service. And that was all it was intended to be. It was a short film about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And it's something that I had been wanting to do for a little while, but had been busy making feature films. And I had done other short films and vignettes for my church in the past. And the idea was always stories from the Gospels, but from a different perspective. So same story, but through the eyes of maybe someone different that we don't normally focus on when we do movies or miniseries about Jesus. And so this one was the, the, the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And we see what their day might have been like earlier and and what their lives were like, the historical context, the cultural context, little artistic imagination about maybe the inner workings of this group of shepherds, all leading towards their encounter with the birth of Christ. And while I was making it, I realized, you know, there's there's been movies and miniseries about the life of Christ, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can really dig into the stories and into the details even more than you can when you're doing a movie and you're just going quickly from miracle to miracle and Bible verse to Bible verse. And so many people, when they saw the short, were so moved by seeing the birth of Christ through, uh, through the eyes of, of those who actually met him. Mm-hmm. And when you see a movie, oftentimes Jesus is the main character and you're not really able to connect with the people around him. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for and the fundraiser for this this uh, season one of, of what turned out to be The Chosen. And it did well. You're making season two right now. And just in case anybody's a little worried that's listening to the program, you're trying to stay very true to the biblical account, aren't you? At the same time, you're you're trying to think of what it was like if you were Peter or one of the apostles. Absolutely, and I think some people, when who maybe haven't seen the show yet, and they hear backstories or context or artistic imagination, and they think, "Uh oh, you're messing with scripture." Um, and I understand that concern, but uh, and and I know a lot of Christians have been burned in the past by seeing 
Bible stories set to film, you know, by Hollywood and, and things change and it feels like unrecognizable. Well, I'm someone who's been a believer as long as I can remember. I was a Bible major in college. I love God's word. I believe it. I have no agenda. I'm not changing anything. When you see things that are from scripture in the show, um, we don't change anything. But yes, we do add the historical context, the cultural context, and some artistic imagination similar to when you're hearing a sermon and, and the pastor perhaps is giving you a passage from the Gospels and then says, all right, now let me give you a little bit of the context of what was going on here. And sometimes we like to imagine, you know, what, what, what might it have been like for Simon Peter, you know, who was married, for example. Those are things we don't normally explore. And so I think that our, our primary objective when we do any scenes that aren't from Scripture, uh, we, we always ask ourselves, is this plausible? That's number one, you know, is this something that really could have happened? And then, of course, what's most important is we never do anything that's going to violate the intentions of the char- or the character of Jesus and these gospel stories. The, the proof is in the pudding. When people watch the show um, from all stripes, I mean, from, from all levels of conservative scholars to, to otherwise, are saying this is clearly an homage and, and made by someone who loves Scripture. And, mm. and what people are saying over and over again, is that it's not replacing scripture for them. In fact, it's taking them back to scripture more than ever before. We hear every day from thousands of people who are saying, I've never raised, I've never read my Bible more than I have since I've watched this show. So, so I think that's, that's the best indication that we're really working hard to stay faithful to the intentions of scripture. Well, Dallas, in my house, we stay true to the Bible. And that starts with my wife. <laughs> and when COVID first broke out, and she was looking around for things for us to watch. Somehow she came across The Chosen, and she watched it all. And every day she would say, we've got to watch this. Well, we're watching it now together, and uh, it's really a blessing. If you just joined us, uh, you're listening to Dallas Jenkins. He's the creator of the series TV series called The Chosen. A very interesting look at those who were around Jesus, but as we were just talking about, Jesus does show up. Dallas, why do you think it's important for us to head back to the first century and look at not just the life of Jesus, but look at those who met Jesus that surrounded him, and not just the apostles, but You've got others in there as well uh, that you've included. Why is that important for us? Yeah, that's a great question. And what's interesting about it is you're not even including what's been going on in the last six months. You know, uh, when you mentioned your wife, when, when COVID hit, uh, people were looking for something to watch. And that's actually when The Chosen really exploded. Currently, it's in every country in the world, and it's been translated in over 60 languages. And people of all faith backgrounds seem to be loving the show. And, and, and I think the reason is, is because I think the show focuses solely on Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. The show focuses on Jesus and his relationships with those around him. And here's what you see when you really explore the stories of Jesus. He wasn't interested in a political revolution. Um, every day you hear from both sides, the reasons mm-hmm. why it's important to fight, the reasons why it's important to take a stand, to to collect our team together and we're going to, we're going to make a stand. We're going to vote in this way, or we're going to fight in this way. 
And Jesus really wasn't about that. Um, we'd like to sometimes think he was. I think both sides like to claim him mm-hmm. as an endorser of their political perspective uh, when it's convenient. But when you look at the stories of Jesus, he was about the personal. Um, his miracles were about the personal. He was always after your heart. And he oftentimes said, I'm not about a political kingdom. I'm not about an earthly kingdom. I'm about, I'm about a spiritual kingdom. And I think mm. being reminded of those stories, there's something sim- simple about it. There's something beautiful about just focusing on that relationship between Jesus and the people that he met. And they sometimes wanted him to fight. They were sometimes saying, hey, we've, we're in the middle of a, of a revolution here. What are you going to do? Are you going to lead us? And he was like, I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. And uh, I think there's something that's uh, a salvation, and literally, but also just a relief about that right now, that sometimes mm-hmm. you can just tune out all that's going on and just focus on the greatest man who ever lived. Uh, I think that for a lot of people, it's a respite from from all the craziness that happens when they tune on, turn on the news, or uh, or go on to social media. You know, I haven't said amen yet today, so I'm going to say amen, Dallas Jenkins. <laughs> Thank you for for sharing that with us, Dallas. Let me throw a question out. It's a surprise question that I ask at the end of any time I interview somebody on in the program. What does Jesus mean to you? Well, I think that in the last few years, my life has changed and I have become a different person because of the story of the feeding the 5,000. Mm. And I just just indicated, you know, just a moment ago. But um, my, my goal in life now is that when I bring my five loaves and two fish to Jesus, that he deems them worthy of acceptance. And that's where the transaction ends. I've, I've, I lived so much of my life thinking ahead, trying to think of making, making sure that I could accomplish something, making sure that the, the projects that I worked on were successful. And now I have no desire other than to make sure that Jesus finds them acceptable and finds them successful. And after that, I genuinely don't care about the earthly success or failure. And it's become a bit of a superpower. Um, I really only want to please Jesus. And Mm. that, um, you know, to answer your question specifically, he means uh, to me, he's the one who I'm just trying to please each day. And if I can do that, um, you know, with, with whatever small amounts that I can provide each day. And, mm-hmm. and right now it's with this show, but it's also as a father and as a husband, th- that's, that's all that matters. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but when you can really get to that point where you're just focused on making sure that what you're doing is acceptable to him, everything else kind of falls away. And, and, and that, that becomes the, the, the focus of your life. And it actually makes things much simpler because Jesus is actually quite uh, accepting and forgiving when we bring our, our best uh, our best to him or when we don't have our best to give mm. and we just give our surrendered broken selves um, it's so much so much easier than trying to please uh, social media commenters I'll say for the second time today amen thank you so much the Lord be with you and your project and thank you for taking a few minutes off filming uh, to be with us here on Haven today Dallas Jenkins thank you so much for having me You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and I hope you enjoyed that interview that I did with Dallas Jenkins back in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. 
And before the interview, you heard an actor who portrays Jesus on The Chosen quoting a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. That's something I like about the series. We often get exactly what the Bible says. But I also like how they use holy imagination, as we call it, to see what it must have been like to be a follower of Jesus back in the first century. And in episode one, season three, we see Matthew taking the word he heard Jesus saying about making things right with those you've wronged before you worship God. And I really enjoy how Dallas and his team imagined what it must have been like for Matthew to go home and ask his parents for forgiveness for being a tax collector. Take a listen. Yesterday, my rabbi said that every time we pray to God, we must ask him to forgive us our debts. And I recognize that I owe quite a debt to you. Matthew, you don't owe us any money. The debt isn't material. Yeah. I hurt you. And I hurt our community. And, and my rabbi also said that before we lay a sacrifice at the altar, if we know a brother has an offense against us, we should leave the sacrifice there and go be reconciled. Uh, of course, only priests lay gifts at the altar, and, and, and you are not my brother. But uh, this example is in many ways a metaphor, which I'm learning. And yes, I, Matthew, we get it. Move on. I never understood why I was so different from everyone else. I just wanted a comfortable life. You wanted to be better than everybody. Yes. No. You're right. And I loved affluence because of it. I was comfortable behind bars in a boot and the armed escort behind the gold door. All the while you were scorned at synagogue. You lost your reputation and friends. I shamed our family. I turned my back on our people, and I believe the choices I made were better for me and more important than my family and faith. That was selfish. Which is wrong. I, I, I didn't understand that then, but, but I do now, and I'm sorry. I, I wish I could take back the harm I caused you. I, uh... All right. All right. We lost our reputations and friends. I know. But I had no right to reject you as my son. God should strike me down for the things I said to you. I was shameful. Can you forgive me? I only made things worse. I'm sorry. We're sorry. But what, but what has changed? I sinned. We saw him too, Matthew. We heard his sermon. He's the teacher you're following. <laughs> yes, he called me and I... And you have already atoned. They were the most true words I have ever heard. Some of it shocking. I know, I wrote it all down. You are his scribe. Yes. <laughs> you will redeem our family's name. Matthew, he chose you. To this day, I don't know why. This is Haven Today and a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. And I'm thankful we could share with you again the interview I did with Dallas Jenkins, who created the series called The Chosen.
This is a special series. It's something my wife and I have enjoyed together. And I really want you and those you love to see it as well. And as you watch, you'll see the story of Christ in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives have been transformed by him. Like Mary, Peter, and Matthew. Who were they? What were they like before they met Jesus? How did the message of the gospel change their lives? As you watch all three seasons of The Chosen, you and those you know, maybe your family, will see all of your lives in the lives of those around Christ and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel can truly change us. So, for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. It's shipping out this Friday from our warehouse, but get your order in today. You can go visit our website, watch some clips from The Chosen, and take a look at the video that I shot with Dallas, and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or you can call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And one last reminder, if you were listening last week and wanted to get Nancy Guthrie's most helpful book on prayer, What Every Kid Needs to Know About Prayer, we still have copies and can send it to you or a loved one right away for your gift to the ministry. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll be sharing the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Play ball, America's favorite pastime, but this past March, though, it became a worldwide spectacle for the World Baseball Classic. We were able to see talented ball players all over the world unite under one flag, the one of their homeland, to compete for the title of the best baseball country, kind of like the World Cup for soccer. This unity under one flag and for one purpose is similar to what Jesus has done, is it not? Revelation 5, 9, he purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation and made them a kingdom. He has united people from around the world to be the one country, a heavenly one. Our purpose? Serve King Jesus until he returns. You'll find Jesus more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.